The following podcast is brought to you by Crosswinds Golf and Country Club in beautiful Burlington, Ontario. Burlington was voted the number one place to live by McLean's Magazine. And guess what? Crosswinds has been voted the number one golf course in Burlington for 14 straight years. You know why? I'll tell you. It's the people that make Crosswinds special. Oh, sure, the golf course is beautiful and challenging, and the views are breathtaking, and the facilities are second to none, but it's the people that make you feel so welcome at Crosswinds. If you haven't been there before, I urge you to check out this hidden gem. Go to crosswindsgolf.com, check out their specials, book your tee time online, save big, get ready for an unforgettable experience. Crosswindsgolf.com. Tell them Hebsy sent you. Now, let's start the podcast. And welcome to Hebsy on Sports, episode number Alan Stanley, Martin San Luis, Kyle Corver, Rod Woodson, and Willie Upshaw. I'm your host, Mark Hepsher. Today on the show, the Rogers Cup should be a top tennis event. So, why do the folks at Rogers Communications make it so difficult to get excited about Canadian tennis? And by the way, why are Toronto tennis fans so damn blase? while Montreal fans are enthusiastic and passionate. Can someone explain that to me? Thank goodness there's still one Canadian left standing in Montreal and Toronto. Just one. Only one because the Canadians kept playing against each other because they didn't massage the draw. I'll get into that later. Tiger Woods has back problems again and may not be able to defend his tour championship. In fact, he was the worst golfer on the course yesterday. And I know exactly how he feels because many days I feel as if I am the worst golfer <laughs> Ever. Have you ever heard of the pitching ninja before? He's responsible for finding those diamonds in the rough who throw 96 miles an hour into a machine and then get signed by major league clubs because their video goes viral. You too can pitch in the major leagues. You might be able to pitch for the Blue Jays someday. Make sure you throw, make sure you record everything and you just never know. You could be found by a major league team. We'll talk some hockey and find out the latest on Mitch Marner thanks to our friends at Titan Blades. Plus, are you ready for some football? Well, the Raiders are playing the Packers in Winnipeg, Manitoba, but nobody seems to care. All those stories coming up, but first, how many words are there in the English language that rhyme with bow? That's a rhetorical question, as in Bichette, as in the greatest player in the history of Major League Baseball, even though he's only played 11 games. He's the greatest, because nobody in the history of Major League Baseball has ever hit a double in nine straight games, except for bow. And that's not rookies, that's everybody. That's every, that's the babe, that's Bonds, that's Lou Gehrig, that's the that's everybody. Why is Bo raking like so? Because a certain podcast host suggested he stay in the minor leagues a little while longer when he was going through a three for 33 slump, even though he said he should be up in the major leagues. Well, I guess so, Bo. Yes, folks, Bo watched this show a few weeks ago. He watched us on Periscope along with Marcus Stroman and many thousands of others. Some of whom are Major League Baseball players. And we know this for a fact, just to throw that. You're not just saying that. You're, you, we know Bo and Marcus because uh, we have evidence that they watched yeah. you. Yeah, when you, uh, if you tune into Periscope, if you're watching now, you, uh, what happens is, not if you watch live. Well, actually, no, if you, no, watch, if live, you watch live, too. If, if you subscribe. Only if you're a subscriber do we know. I don't think so. I think you know anyways. I think you oh. can know. You can know, like if uh, you can see the Twitter uh, you know, you're handle. Rhyming, you're rhyming with Bo every time with the Bo. <laughs> it's too easy. You it's can like see it, Muffy right? from uh, today's special. Right. But uh, uh, yeah, we you can know. No, absolutely. If you're watching us on Periscope, we we can see your Twitter handle. We know that you're watching, and we know that Bo was watching along with Stroman and, and some Bo other, and Stro, some other big names. Watch the show. A lot of big names, and and I'm proud of the fact that 
Uh, look, I mean, I used to work in television, and in TV, you only get a number of ratings. You don't say, hey, look, Vic Router's watching us at home, and Marcus Stroman's watching us while he's on the elliptical. And we right. don't, but, but here, we do. So we're, we're thank you. We appreciate and that. And when people and, pop on, they get warned. I think there's a warning on the bottom that says that we might, we will be able to see yeah. that they watched. Just so that's pretty up. cool. And on the replay, whenever, they, and you know, if you're watching this live now, I mean, at the replay, you could watch it anytime. And you know, we, know, we know who some people are. So Bo watches the show. He does. And I'm sure he was, I know he was watching the day that I said that he shouldn't be up in the major. He should stay in Buffalo. Remember? <laughs> Yo. But but we should you know Bo doesn't doesn't have a say when he comes up to the majors. No no. But he had said if you recall he had said listen I'm I'm ready for the major league I don't know what more I can do, and I'm like you know looker three for thirty three in Buffalo there's no hurry to bring you up. But that was before Stroman got traded and Sanchez got traded and Biagini got traded and they needed to do something. They needed to do something to quell the fans. They needed something because everyone was angry at Shapiro and Atkins and so they called up Bo and they didn't know that he was going to go on this wild streak to start his career in front of his mom and dad and everybody I think they've been to every game Mr. and Mrs. Bichette why not yeah exactly what would you do for your summer um so Bo uh Bo Bichette um has been motivated because of what I said. He's, he's this heavy. What does this guy know what he's talking about? I'll show them. Gets called up and sets a major league record. Oh, all I right? see. I see. I so, see. Now. Yeah. You I lit motiva- the fire you, under no, his Of ass. course I did. Because here I am. What do I? I'm some schnook. What do I know about Bo? He's three for 33 in Buffalo. What, why would he come up to the majors? Why would you ruin a kid like that? Little did I know that this guy was ready, willing, and able for the majors and starts off beautifully with a 10-game road trip. Does not come home for 10 days, 10 days on the road, and now sets a record uh, amongst all major leaguers, I not just I was surprised that, that, that re- that's the record of all time what? by anybody. The uh, Was it how many games? Most consecutive games with a double. Like, aren't you surprised? Nine, nine, listen, I had nine doubles one, one night. Oh, okay? slow pitch, Vod- slow yeah, No, no, this was vodka and soda, nine doubles. <laughs> and that, whoo, let me tell you. That's a whole other story. Uh, yeah, so he's got the record. He's got 12 extra base hits in his first 11 major league games. He's the only player in Mejor Le history to have a double in nine consecutive games. Unbelievable. And last night, he hit a double and his fourth home run in a 12-6 loss to the Yankees, who got a pair of homers from former Jay Gio Urshela in front of 34,000 fans at the Rogers Center. So I feel as if I should take some credit for this incredible run. I didn't hit the doubles. I didn't hit the home runs. His fielding still leaves a little bit of desire, but, but well, that's okay. He's 21 years of age. Why stop at some credit? Take all the credit. I can't take all, of course not. But I think, I think when he watched us on Periscope, and he heard me say that. He went, this son of a bitch doesn't know what he's talking about. I'll show him. So I hope that every time he's up there, he goes, I'll show that. Heavy. And he grits his teeth and he gets another double. Good. Good. If I could be of some help, that's great. If I can take some little bit of credit, I'm glad. Bo, I'm glad I could help. By Isn't the way, it, yeah. the Jays got a scare last night. Lourdes Gurriel Jr., who, who could win an Academy Award for acting, went down as if he were shot. He pulled a hammy or he had a quad... Um, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a strain in the quad, or what do you call it, a, 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 a cramp. Right, he, he had a cramp, He yeah. cramped up. So he's, you know, he's on his way to first base. He's trying to run out of the year. You're losing by six runs. And then he cramps up, and then he, he, he takes a spill around first base, and he's down. He, he doesn't move. Right. He's lying there. But, but it's, his leg isn't falling off or anything like that. Did he li- have the wind knocked out of him? And he's lying there for quite a while, and the place is quiet. Right. Oh, my God, not another Because he's one of the five. Not he's enough. one of the five we care about. Not one of the Fab Five. Not another injury. And then eventually uh, trainer Nikki Huffman comes over and she's sort of kind of patting him. You're okay, you're okay. And then he gets up under his own power 
And he's not even limping off the field. He's kind of got his head down and he's off the field. You're down 12-6. And I'm thinking, wow, that was some acting job because you made everybody think that you were seriously injured. Like he was playing soccer. You made, you made everyone think that you were really, really badly hurt. And everybody's like, oh, thank God. I mean, waiting to exhale. Talk about, I mean, you know, 34,000 fans going, oh, Hugh, he's okay. And uh, he's got a quad cramp. And, but again, again you we need to protect our juniors. You would have thought he had torn his ACL the way he stayed down. Should be okay, said the team. So the uh, Jays lost 12 6 to the Yankees, but Bo keep, keeps on raking. And same with Vladdy and Cavan. And, and who am I missing out? Um, uh, Danny Jansen and, and uh, oh, uh, Reese McGuire. Four hits last night. Awesome. You would now, have thought we won. All the, yeah. the, the, what have been, the excitement about the double, the homer, the 4-4, right. four, four, you would have thought we won yesterday. It's not about winning, though. No. It's about making sure that the fans keep coming back to the games. And that's where uh, Jays president Mark Shapiro could not believe the negativity surrounding the Jays after they came back from a 7-3 and three road trip. Why is everybody mad at me? So here's this quote. I wish every fan, I wish media could spend time inside the team. To be around these guys right now, it's boying. That's B-U-O-Y-I-N-G, boying. I think it's B-O-U-Y. B-U-O-Y. Okay. The one that's in the water. Yeah, a buoy. Right. Um, which I've never, I haven't heard that word booing in a while. I don't even know how you, I thought you it was say it boy. Boying. It's just pronounced like boy, but like, it's got yeah. a U in there. Right. So boying. It's very boy, boying. Okay. It's weird to hear someone say well, that word, isn't who, it? Uh, a man who, who says his name Shapiro, where everyone else is saying Shapiro. That's true. That's from a, that's a Seinfeld episode, isn't it? Levine Levine? <laughs> and one of those. Um, anyway, let me continue this quote. These guys are fired up. They're excited. They believe in each other. That There's great energy. It's positive. It's optimistic. So when you're immersed in that environment, that's what you feel. It's hard for a fan to grasp onto that until it translates into, into wins. So right away, he's alienating the fan base even more. You don't understand. It's hard for you to understand. No, we understand. You're, you're losing and you have no pitching. Oh, no, 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 no. You know, you don't under, it's hard for a fan or the media to understand. Like, you have to be there to understand. So let me articulate to you what it's like. This from a man who everybody can't stand. Look, we know. We know. We're the fans. We're the paying customers. We're the ones who watch the games on TV, listen to them on the radio, stream the games, buy your merch, follow your every frickin' move. We know exactly how much you're not spending, you damn cheapskates. You're not spending any money. Remember, 42 years of team control. <laughs> We're not spending any money if we don't have to. All right? You want us to be patient. You hate to lose. Well, we do too. So start spending some of those millions or billions of dollars that Rogers has accumulated for you in order to complement these great young players. 42 years of team control. So if you include the $14 million that's owed to Troy Tulowitzki next year, the 2020 Toronto Blue Jays have $30 million committed to payroll. $30 million. If they pick up Freddie Galvez's option, it's $35.5 million. This year's payroll was $114.5 million before, you know, and Sanchez is gone and Stroman is gone and, you know, a few other guys like that. Um, uh, Kendris Morales, you know. So they were $114 million to start the year. Next year, it's going to be like $35 million. So you think they have some wiggle, wiggle room? Rogers, you think a little bit of wiggle room? That's like the payroll of your team 20 years ago. 20? More <laughs> than that. $35 million? Are you kidding me? That's nothing. Drop in the bucket for those guys. That's, that's one month of cell phone bills. For Rogers, come on, that's nothing. Um, and so Shapiro said that Rogers Communications, uh, the owner of this team and the owner of the network that broadcast them, and the owner of the building and the owner of the tennis and the, everything, uh, they have not given him any direction on salary beyond making sure that the Blue Jays do not lose money. So that's the there, there it is. Just make sure the Blue Jays don't lose money. 
So Shapiro said that as Toronto's new core of players reach their prime, he'd be, quote, opportunistic and add key pieces through free agency. So they need pitching and lots of it. We know that. So who's going to start for the Jays in 2020? You got Matt Shoemaker, who had a great start to the season, then hurt himself in a stupid rundown. You got Ryan Barucki, who's on the DL or IL or whatever they call it. You got Trent Thornton, who looks like Butters from uh, South Park. And in fact, that's going to be his nickname on his uniform when they have that nickname uniform weekend, which is next weekend, I believe it is. Butters. I love that. You've got Thomas Pannone, who got hammered last night, just absolutely clobbered. You got Jacob Wagaspak. You got Anthony Kay, Julian Merriweather, TJ Zook, and Sean Reed Foley. That's for next year. Maybe you've got Elvis Luciano, remember him, but probably not. The next real wave of exciting minor league arms are guys like Nate Pearson, Alec Manoa, Eric Pardino, Adam Kloffenstein, and Simeon Woods Richardson. And they're still a couple of years away. Someone from this group of Teoscar Hernandez, Billy McKinney, Brandon Drury, Anthony Alford, Dalton Pompey, and Derek Fisher could be traded for starting pitching. One of the players to be named later in the Eric Sogard deal with the Rays might well factor into the rotation too. We don't know who that person is. And then there's Ken Giles, who could fetch a pretty good starter in return. So you've got the nucleus of a good team of position players, but you don't have great defense. You don't have great base running. You don't have great pitching. But you've got lots of uh, potential from Bo, from Vladdy, from Lourdes, from Biggio, from Jansen, from Reese McGuire with the four hits yesterday. Maybe Rowdy Telez, who's raking it in Buffalo. The problem is, Mike, what's that smell? There's an odor that follows Mark Shapiro and general manager Ross Atkins around. And that odor is only lifted when the Jays start winning. So yeah, Bo set a record last night, but they lost 12-6. The Yankees are a pretty good team. You know, this isn't Kansas City. This isn't Baltimore. But very hurt. The Yankees are just so deep, right? Imagine how great they would be when they have a full complement of players. Even Edwin's out now for, well, everybody's out, right? I think he broke his hand or broke his finger, something like that. So so this, this odor that follows Shapiro and Atkins around, when will it be lifted? When they get fired? What happens? Or this patience that they're preaching? And the fact that maybe next year with that pitching staff, would they add a free agent next year? I mean, they're going anywhere. Would they add a free agent or two? Or are we waiting till 2021 when these guys develop? And then maybe when a couple of the kids come up, there's an opportunity. Maybe we'll go after some free agents because this year's free agent class is not a great class. Well, let me ask you about uh, Giles, okay? Yeah. Like, okay, so if they're even pretending that they want to compete, when did they say, did he even say, like, didn't he say next year he wants to start competing? Or Yeah. Yeah. Okay, he says he's he says he he's he's losing. Pay. He, he wants the fans to be patient, but he wants to win also. So he's losing patience. So, but, but it's not going to happen next year. But even if no, but think you know about that, that though, if they you know really, that. I know, the Yankees I know are that, not going to be overtaken. That. They're not going to be overtaken next year. Boston maybe. Tampa, I'm not so. Tampa's got a great team, a, a really good team, and a great farm system. You have to build that farm system up. You can't keep going back and forth between beef stew who got sent down the other day and so, I, I don't even I, I can't even remember the names of the guys who keep coming up and down. But you know this if a player has options you keep sending them back you put them back you're back and forth and back and forth and back and forth right. and usually after a while, look they sent Lourdes Gurriel Jr. down he spent a month down there he came back he's not going back down right Rowdy Telez is down maybe he comes back but you can't a guy that goes back and forth and back and forth and back and forth is not going to turn into a major leaguer it just does, doesn't work that way you know Roy Halladay didn't go back down and then came up and then got clobbered and then went back down it doesn't happen those are tr- quadruple a players as you say mike those like are Dalton guys Pompey type guys those are guys who who are, are fine in triple a they come up they get a cup of coffee they play well for a while but as time goes on they're you know they're hitting may, maybe around the mendoza line right. and they're not effective players they're a 25th man on a roster they're a fourth outfielder they're a they're a fourth 
you know, infielder. So guys like that, and most of these pitchers that I've been mentioning, like Pannone, they're up and down and up and down and up and down. I, you know, again, they could develop at a later age, but these aren't but, the guys that are going to be the rocks of your rotation. But back to Giles, okay? If if we were even going to uh, present the optics of trying to compete next season, which I think, of course, like you said, is ridiculous, but yeah. he did say it. I heard the clips, right? Uh, why, why not hold on to Giles? Like, why? why do we, and, and I mean, I'd like to go back and wonder why we had to get rid of Strowman. Because you can get a reliever anywhere. They, they, I mean, that's what they say. You can, you know, you can develop anybody into a relief pitcher. Just give me okay, a guy that throws Stroman, hard for one inning. We we understood Stroman went because uh, they weren't going to be competitive for another, I don't know, three, four years right. or whatever. Same right? with Sanchez. So which one is it? Like, are are well, they three, four years out or are we trying to... What, do I look like Mark Shapiro here? Well, he made all those statements yesterday, but I think part of the problem is um, these two gents, uh, Shapiro and Atkins, very... PR-wise, they're frustrating and uh, very difficult yeah. to embrace. Well, and very much corporate speakers, right? Big time. It, it's really know, annoying, It really actually. is. No, and I've you're been right. in enough boardrooms in my career that it's just I just have uh, no stomach for it anymore. That's the correct word. It is. It's annoying. Like, tell us the truth. Like, yeah, you want to win. Yeah, that's all great. That's fantastic. Yeah, you've got a great young core of players. I get it. But don't lie to us. Don't lie to us and say, oh, we expect to be competitive in a couple years. You're not going to be competitive in a couple years. The only way that happens is if the Yankees die in a plane crash. God forbid. I mean, that's, you're not going anywhere. Look look at the talent the Yankees have. Maybe you squeeze in for a wild card spot. But boy, you're going to have to be better than Tampa, even though they just beat Tampa, what, two out of three in Tampa. I mean, you're not going anywhere. And, and like I said, even if you add some pitching, you got to have better defense. you got to have better base running. you got to have smarter players. It takes, you can't expect these rookies, all of them at the same time, basically. And they're so to, young. To all develop, you know, uh, equally. And if that's the case, you're going to have to wait three years. You're going to have these, these kids, the ones I mentioned, have got to have three full years in the major leagues. They're a whole bunch of youngsters are not going to end up beating a team of veteran players that have been around for years. It just doesn't work that way. Even the Oakland A's, when they ran that 20-game win streak off for, you know, in the movie Moneyball, they had some veteran players on that team. It wasn't a bunch of kids no, that no came doubt. up from the minor leagues. Come on, get with it. How patient are you, by the way, with this team? Like, I'm pretty patient, actually. Uh, I'm very patient because I've actually lately been enjoying the games more than I was yeah. earlier in the season. Because oh, yeah. of these, I just like watching the right. youth guys. And I know fun. these guys will be a part of the future, so I kind of... Yeah. And they are fun to it. watch. They are. I mean, every yeah. time they come... You know what? I used to be like, ah, I can... Now, who's coming up this inning? Oh, really? Biggio's coming up and Bo's yeah. coming up and Vladdy's coming up. But that Bo's something else. Like, I know everything was Vladdy mania, right? but Bo, it's like Bo is sort of like the, the Mitch Marner, if you will, and maybe uh, Vladdy's the Austin Matthews. Oh. So this, like, you know, Matthews was the guy. I like that. And then this Marner guy comes up and you're like, oh, he's fun. Yeah. Like, that's fun. That's exciting. Oh, that, I might even like that more than and who's the Kevin, Austin. And who's Kevin Biggio? What is he? Nylander? Ne- no, God, no. No, no, no. Oh, he's not Nylander. Me, Better than that. Me. He's Tavares. Well, no, I know, Tavares? but Tavares is like a veteran, right? So There's no Tavares? Tavares on this team because you can't get smoke can't be Tavares. There's no Tavares. That's actually right. a good point. There is we no need Tavares. at some point when we're ready to compete, we need to go get a Tavares. Okay, good. Okay. From but, your- but Bichette, I just want to say on behalf of all Jays fans, yeah. what a fun player to watch. Wow. And, uh, God, I love this guy. Yeah, he's he's actually the attraction I thought Vlad was going to be. Like I'm all into, oh, no, it. and I, it's a very small sample size. No, but Vlad is very breaking. Small. Vlad has been no, Vlad's been I know. sensational since the All Star break. Right? I know. I know. We said he was going to hit 250. We hope 250 with 20 home runs. He's got 13 home runs. He's hitting like 275 or 280. Yeah, he's been great. And uh, But defensively, like I said before, every time, ground ball to Vladdy. Don't throw it away. There's going to be a lot of games like yesterday. What is that, 12-6 yesterday? Yeah. We're going to see a lot of but that. It was, right? But early, it was like 8 nothing after a couple of innings. Ay, 
Um, so the Rogers Cup, and I don't mean to be beating up on Rogers here, but it just Rogers like owns everything. So well in the summer, especially, especially yeah. at this time of year, this is Rogers' time, you know. So I've said this before: the Rogers Cup. I don't like the fact that one tournament takes place in Montreal simultaneously while the other one's going on in Toronto. I just it just looks dumb. I don't like on television. Let's go over to Montreal. Felix is in the second set. Let's come back to Toronto. Bianca's. They played at the same time yesterday, <laughs> and Rogers didn't even have the gumption, the smarts to put uh, um, uh, uh, split screens up. Why, why can't I watch both? All right. I, I, why can't? Here, here, live in Montreal, here's Felix Oje Aliassime. Live in Toronto, here's Bianca Andreescu. Why not just put both matches on one screen? It's possible. I've seen it done before. But they have lots the of stations. The technology is there. It doesn't <laughs> matter, though. Okay. It makes no difference. One is one was on Sportsnet 1, and the other was on the other Sportsnet channel. But they want to make you subscribe, because I don't personally, right now, upstairs, I don't ah, get Sportsnet 1. They want you to call up your cable company and say, I need Sportsnet 1. Wait, you don't, That's so the you, whole idea. You don't get Sportsnet 1? No. I get sports, so I get I get the one, yeah, the regular I, Sportsnet. Yes, I don't get Sportsnet one. East, it's similarly East, with TSN, Ontario I get TSN. I don't get TSN two. Yeah, but TSN, yeah, okay, I see what you and mean. And there's a lot of Raptor games on TSN. Too. Oh, you're right. You're it's right. Become a okay. whole thing. Anyway, so anyway, go yeah, on. Go on. You go on. You're, uh, you I was going to say the Montreal Toronto thing. It's think about it. Canada's two largest cities. They get to go into both and make a bunch of noise. In two, think of how much of Canada lives in those two areas. Montre- yeah. Greater Montreal and Greater Toronto area, right. like that's half of Canada. But uh, Toronto doesn't deserve these matches. Well, maybe Fans, not. But we're, you can't remember I complained us. to you. Remember we, I went to the Davis Cup, uh, Canada versus Netherlands. Remember I, I bought a ticket like five minutes that's before the match. Though. Why is it different? Because nobody understands the Davis Cup or what the that's hell not that true. means. Toronto is, the Toronto's not a tennis town. Toronto's not a tennis town. Did you see the crowds? No, there's like nobody there. There's nobody there. I'm serious. You might They're be even, right. We even the Rogers announcers said plenty of tickets available. I mean, that they're shill- not shilling. I mean, they're saying basically, come on, where is everybody? Why aren't people showing up? Well, let me, I'll give you a couple of reasons. First, yes. Let me go on with this. First of all, I attended the matches Wednesday in Toronto, and we're going Sunday for the women's final at the Aviva Center, which is up at York University, which if you live downtown or where you live in Etobicoke, it's a long way. Yep. It's a long way. In Montreal, it's at Jarry Park. It's called IGA Stadium. It's easy. You could bike there in 20 minutes if you live downtown. Like, we wish it was at, like, Easy. Rico, in that area, like, the exhibition. Well, that, that would be ideal, but how about there. this? How about somewhere within the city, okay? You got to take the subway to frickin' Pioneer Village, way up at Steels and Keel. That's, that's a long way. And then we, and what we did was um, we, um, we drove, right, on Wednesday, so we parked the car, so it's 20 bucks to park your car. So for 20 bucks, you think you're reasonably close to the venue. No. You're not even close. And now you've got to wait standing in the hot sun for 15 minutes for a freaking shuttle bus to come. And by the way, it's a school bus, a yellow school bus, right? And everybody piles on and then, and then drives to, the, and then drops you off at the gates. Well, we're waiting for like 10 minutes or so. When's the next bus? We see these kids on walkie talkies. Oh, it should be coming any minute. Now we're looking around. People are standing there. It's hot. You got to walk that. It's how hot. far are we talking? Exactly. Here? So I say to the guy, well, how far is it? He goes about a 15 minute walk. I say to my buddy, let's go. Yeah. We walk 15 minutes. But my point is this, is that if you go anywhere else, it's just way easier to get to. It's too far away. Toronto's big. It takes time to get there traffic-wise, transit-wise. It was, uh, it's just too much of a hassle. Do you think Toronto would come out for a, I don't know, a, a marquee matchup? Like, let's say it was the men's side and it was like Rafa, Rafa, uh, Nadal versus uh, Roger. Would Toronto support? Sure. So basically, we're looking for the superstars yeah, in the well, city. But we've always been like that. 
That's yeah, but Montreal's the OHL like that, team. Montreal will come out and support it. Montreal is a tennis town. People in Montreal it's know their tennis. It's a more European tennis. flavor. Here in Toronto, not enough people. There are lots of tennis. Don't get me wrong. There are lots of tennis fans. But Toronto, it's just the combination of the fact that the Aviva Center is out in Yehoppetsville. And, and, <laughs> and here's the other one. The fact that both uh, that, uh, that Bianca Andreescu, uh, like the first time they played, it was her against Jeannie. Yes. So right off the bat, why didn't Rogers? Why didn't they find a way to massage the draw? You can do it. But we'd complain if they but did we, that. No, we wouldn't. We would say, listen, massage. Everyone does it. Massage the draw so that Bianca's playing against somebody. I can't root against a Canadian. I can't do it. Oh, I rooted against Genie. I can't do it. It was easy. I, why? Because you you basically you you bet on the 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 person who has the chance to actually win the tournament. But wait a minute. Did you not root for Genie all those years? Yeah, of course. Right, right. But right. she but was she, playing against non Canadians. Right. But now you have to root against her because she's just playing that one another match. Canadian. Yeah, just that one match. But That's I did. And, and just, what, like, and just like when, I was rooting for Felix on. over Milos because Milos retired due to injury. But uh, right. before that, I was rooting for Felix. What if Felix played Denis Shapovalov? Who would you root for? See, it should not yeah, happen tough. this way. You should not. Uh, look, Americans can root against Americans. What do they care? I, there's 300 million of them. I can't root against the Canadian. <laughs> but anyway, l- l- I digress here. The crowd's been disappointing in Toronto. One of the reasons is that Bianca Andreescu has not been playing in prime time, except for that match against Jeannie, which everyone said, oh, a match for the ages. It was a terrible match. Mm-hmm. It was a comedy of unforced errors. It really was not a great match. I didn't get it. Two Canadians are taking on each other. I don't, I don't like rooting against the Canadians, so I didn't think that was uh, so great. And then Wednesday afternoon, here's Andreescu playing before a fairly small crowd in the afternoon, in the afternoon, not prime time, so that people, the average person who works, can watch it on television. They're playing in the afternoon at 2 o'clock. On a, on a Wednesday afternoon. And then the next day, the Thursday, yesterday, she plays again in the afternoon, as is Felix. They're playing against each other at 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. They should have both been on in prime time last night. Prime time. But no, on the men's side of Montreal, Gail Monfils was playing. I mean, I get that Nadal was playing in one of them, of course. But the other one was Gail Monfils. Like, how many people are going to go out to watch Gail Monfils play at 9 o'clock on a, on a Thursday night? But they would go out to watch Felix Auger-Aliassime play, wouldn't they? So that's just dumb. The draw sucks. It's terrible. And then the two biggest matches of the day are against each other on two different channels, and they wouldn't even put a split screen up there. I could watch... Mike, I have the capability. I know how to... I can watch two things at once. I can... But to flip back and forth, Felix is up. He's up and at. Back we go. Bianca's down and up. Back we go. Felix just stays. Back we go. Bianca... Back we... It, and it was exactly at the same time. You're telling me they couldn't massage that draw? You're telling me they couldn't put at least one of those matches on in prime time? I've, you know what? That's a great question. How uh, much control does Rogers have over that all, kind of thing? All of it. See, I don't know these all things. All of it. They, brought, they have the broadcast rights. They're the host broadcaster. They've got a crew in Montreal. They've got a crew in Toronto. And by the way, if you want equality in sports, and this is nothing against RJ Broadhead, who is the voice, the play-by-play voice on the women's side. He works with um, uh, Patricia He uh, and with Tracy Austin. And Ivanka Osmak is the sideline reporter and does the interviews. Why wouldn't you just have an all-female crew? Like, it's women's tennis. You have, you have an all-male crew for men's tennis, right? It's, it's, uh, uh, it's Rob Falls, uh, and it's uh, Robert Bettauer, and it's uh, Jimmy Arias, and it's all those guys, right? And, and Arash Madani. But why wouldn't you have all-female voices doing women's tennis? I don't understand. And again, nothing against R.J. Broadhead. He's a very good broadcaster. Why wouldn't you put Caroline Cameron in the play-by-play seat with Tracy Austin? to talk about women's tennis. Why? Thank you. You don't have an answer yet. I don't have an answer. I'm just, I'm just upset. I'm upset. So as it stands, folks, so here's what happens. Felix gets beat yesterday. I saw some of it, but I was watching Bianca Andreescu win her match. Shapo was out. 
Milos bowed out with an injury against Felix. See, that was another one. You were rooting for Felix to beat Milos. And what happens? But that, but that there was no satisfaction. Okay. No, there was no satisfaction because yeah. Milos pulled out. Right. There was no third set. There was no battle between Felix and Milos because, Mil- because Milos's back is, is out. So that was disappointing. And he got BB uh, Andreescu. He was the last Canadian standing. She got it in the quarterfinals against Katrina Pliskova. That's today. No, that's this afternoon. Again, not a primetime event. It's this afternoon. Come on, let's take off work today and we'll go watch, you know, Pliskova play Andreescu. Come on. Are you out of your mind? All those Canadians in action, not one match was, oh, sorry, one match was played in primetime. That was Jeannie against uh, Bianca Andreescu, which was Tuesday night. I think it was. Come on. It was ridiculous. I don't like that. I love your passion. I love this. You're right, but most, uh, I bet you most people listening lack this passion for the Rogers Cup. Yeah. Are you aware, by the way, that Andreescu is 5-0 and against top 10 players this year? She beat uh, Wozniacki in Auckland, New Zealand. She beat Svitolina and Angie Kerber at Indian Wells en route to the title. Remember that? Remember how excited I was about that? Yeah, I was too. Do you remember how The Zone uh, and Twitter showed it live? That's because how I there was it. all the complaints that it wasn't available because women's tennis is not available on English television in Canada? Remember that? Good times. Yeah. So she's 5-0. and against the, you know, the top 10 players. Uh, beat Kerber again in Miami, and yesterday beat Kiki Burtons in a thrilling three. It was a great three-setter. She had match points in the second set and, uh, and, and, and couldn't close the deal. And she still can't fill the Aviva Center. She's from here. One announcer says she's from Thornhill, and the other one says she's from Mississauga. You and I had this battle a while ago. Where is she from? Where's she from? What does Wikipedia say? I don't know. But, you know, <laughs> but, you know I mean, she trains in, uh, in Thornhill, but, and, but she's from Mississauga, but she went back to Romania. Anyway, whatever. Whatever. She's, she's a local girl, and she can't even fill the Aviva she's Center. She's like Alexander Graham Bell. Three countries claim him. Yeah. She can't fill the Aviva Center, which is very disappointing. Uh, and Rogers was even running a crawl during matches, and they still are saying plenty of good seats available, plenty of good seats available. What is it with Toronto fans? Well, I told you. The Aviva Center is too far away. Uh, the IGA Stadium in Montreal is easy to get to. And secondly, um, Torontonians just don't appreciate tennis the way Montrealers or, or Vancouverites. I think this tournament should be in Vancouver and Montreal. I don't think Toronto deserves it. They just don't. That's, Toronto, that's Toronto more, should uh, not have this event. More travel time for the uh, Sportsnet people. Yeah. 20 bucks to park your car. Then you got to wait 15 minutes for a, for a shuttle bus in the searing heat. Uh, one more thing. I don't see, and, and again... Uh, I don't even want to get into the thing with the, with the females versus the males. I think that, you know, look, if you're going to talk with Serena Williams and Naomi Osaka and, and uh, Pliskova and uh, Buzkova and Simona Halep, have all women. Not only am I fine with but that. But is it possible they didn't have a woman who had uh, what? a background doing that? Like, you don't want to throw... Doing, wait, wait, that Mike, shouldn't be your... Somebody's, you got to work up to that, right? Mike, gotta, yeah. Doing what? Isn't that a skill you need to develop? Do, doing what? You uh, Calling tennis matches? What? Play-by-play play of tennis. Here's yeah. the serve. It's returned. It's returned. It's returned. It's a backhand. It's a forehand. It's re- they don't do it that way. They don't. Tennis isn't done that way. Right. Only, only the tennis on the radio. The announcers, shut, <laughs> the announcers shut up, and then they let them do the talking. No, they might true. go, oh, that was an oh. And then they wait for the point to end, and then they say, well, it was a lovely backhand there, and she went out, and let's watch the replay. Really? I think Carolyn would do a fantastic she job. She would do a great job, but it's not like play-by-play of baseball or hockey or football where you've, you're telling the audience what's going on. Tennis, right. you don't call play-by-play. That's even, true. even on the radio, and I haven't heard much tennis on the radio, I but I did tennis on the radio. You don't. You let the, you know, the, you right. let the sounds. Right. 
You know, you know now, and now it's uh, Andrescu serving in the deuce court. I don't think I've ever heard tennis on the radio. 40-40 serving in the deuce court. And then, you, and then the announcer shuts up. Yeah. And then you hear the, the popping back and forth of the ball. And can, then, I, can I ask you where and you then the crowd goes, on the radio? Ah. Oh, man, on uh, 1430. I worked on 1430. Many, they many, put a tennis match on the radio. Back then it was called the Players Challenge. It was sponsored by a tobacco company. And the, the golf was the Peter Jackson Classic, also a tobacco company. Right. And I did some tennis. This was uh, at York University. I mean, it's not like the way it is now, but that was also the home of the National Tennis Center, which is, again, it's too far away. Um, and yeah, I did um, reports. They'd say, and now let's go to Mark Hepshire. He's at York University. And uh, all right, here's the latest from so-and-so. So I would have gotten some, some tape. I would have recorded okay. some of the tape, and I would have sent, and, then I would, and the tape would run in the background, and I'd say, uh, uh, you know, uh, terrific match between uh, Guillermo Vilas right, and Vitas Garolais. That's not quite play It's by fake play-by-play, play, but the idea <laughs> is you don't go, and here's the serve. Uh, oh, it's a fault. Right. And now here's the second serve. He bounces it once, twice, three times, four times, five times, six times. He's ready to go. He throws the ball up. He serves it. It's an ace. <sighs> and it's 15 love. Now the ball back. Now the ball boy has the ball. Now he's got three balls. Now he gets rid of one of the balls. Now he's ready to serve in the ad court. No, that's not the way it works. So it doesn't take a special skill. Okay. okay. Or I take that back then. I thought right. it was uh, something you needed to And again, to nothing against RJ Broadhead. I've heard him do junior hockey. He's a very good announcer, but I don't think you particularly need a special skill. But if you're a female, I think it would just sound better. And I don't want to talk about it anymore. That's it. And by the way, the match today, Andrescu is playing this afternoon, not in prime time. Rogers, do you want to explain that? And I'm thinking, you know what? We don't want to take away from the viewers of the Blue Jay game on our other Rogers channels. You see, here's another thing, counter-programming. We're going to put this on this one. We're going to have it in the afternoon, so we're going to have people watching Rogers all day long. Well, that's probably the method of the madness. Also, you might be overestimating the number of uh, Torontonians who would tune in to watch tennis at this point in the tournament. Just Canadians. Okay. Are we not interested in our Canadians? Yeah, I mean, mildly. Many, it's not a I Wimbledon. Mean, no, it's not Wimbledon, but I had said this before. A Canadian to do, to do well in, uh, you know, in the Canadian Open, whether it's golf or tennis or whatever the one-off is involving Canadians, is exciting. Right? We're behind our Canadian stars. Okay, Felix Auger-Aliassim is out. He's 19, he had his 19th birthday yesterday. He's out of the tournament. Denny Shapovalov is out of the tournament. We've got one person left to root for, but you better be in front of your television at 2 o'clock this afternoon or you're not going to miss it. Anyway, let's go to golf now. Uh, brought to you by Crosswinds Golf and Country Club in beautiful Burlington. Do you know that Burlington was just by McLean's Magazine rated Burlington the number one city to live in uh, in Canada and I just the number heard one place to raise a family? Wow, I'm Burlington. I'm far too east. I gotta Burlington, move west. Number one, um, and Crosswinds has been the number one golf course in Burlington as voted by the readers of the Burlington Post fourteen years in a row. Wow. Now that streak is up there with Bo Bichette's streak. That's a, that's quite the streak. Absolutely. Uh, Tiger Woods is the defending tour champion. Remember, he won the tour championship last year, and then he won the Masters this year, and he's played like once since. Um, it looks doubtful that he'll be able to defend that title. The Northern Trust Open is the first of the FedEx playoffs. Tiger was the worst golfer on the course in the opening round. Worst. He was four over 70. There's one guy worse than him. Shot a four over par 75. His back was acting up again, and he looked awful. Terrible. The leader is Troy Merritt, who fired a nine under par 62, tying the course record at Liberty National. Dustin Johnson is one shot back. Corey Connors, the top Canadian at five under, uh, 66. Adam Hadwin, four under. Roger Sloan and Nick Taylor, three under. Mackenzie Hughes is tied for 100th place at two over. Is, do you have bragging rights there? Hey, I'm tied for 100th. <laughs> Ooh, I'm in the top 100. I'm tied for 100th place. Tiger is tied for 114th. And by my calculations, needs to shoot a 64 or better 
if he hopes to make the cut. And, that, and, and even if that happens, everybody else has to play poorly. The top 70 players here move on to the BMW Championship next week. Tiger gets through automatically because of his status as the defending champion and a few other little things there that I'm really not exactly sure about. Uh, as for yours truly, I'll be playing crosswinds again tomorrow, uh, hoping to have my best round of the year, which would be 84 or better. So I've been hitting the ball pretty well. That's a great score, 84. Uh, I'm pretty happy with that. If you're looking for a great place to play, uh, visit crosswindsgolf.com, and you might have the round of your life. It's quite possible. It's a low bar. And, and, even, if you, and even if you don't, it's, it's beautiful. It's spectacular there. You're right. You're nestled in between Mount Nemo and Rattlesnake Point. There's a gap in the Niagara Escarpment. You're right there. It's absolutely beautiful. So I highly suggest it, crosswindsgolf.com. Um, let's talk some hockey now. Not a lot going on. August, is the, August doesn't even exist in hockey. Right. It's like the dead month. Um, we're brought to you by Tide and Blades. Hockey season starts soon, so why not get the blades the pros use? Go to TideandBlades.com, T-Y-D-A-N, Blades.com. They bring the pro shop to you. Here's the latest on the Mitch Marner negotiations with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Nothing. Nada, crickets. zip, zilch, crickets. Same goes for the other restricted free agents out there in the NHL. They're all fishing or playing golf. In fact, there's no hockey news for you today, so I'm going to throw out a question that came up on Twitter. This is where I get my information from most of the time. Uh, if you could choose three Maple Leaf players, dead or alive, to play golf with, who would they be? So let's say you're a golfer, and your ideal foursome would be you and three Maple Leafs, dead or alive. Who would the three Leafs be? Your mind? Uh, yeah, yours first. first. Tim, Tim Horton, Alan Stanley, and Jim Dory. How about that? Did you ever see Jim Dory play? No. Jim Dory was great. He played some, on some bad Leaf teams. He was great. He was tough. He was a good fighter. He would take on anybody from Kingston. Good guy. But I, I, I always liked Jim Dory. I liked Jim the Dory. defenseman. I liked to defend. I played defense. I didn't, everyone else was Frank Mahovlich, Dave Keon, Bobby Hull, all the great scorers. That's easy. That was like being a Babe Ruth fan in baseball. Come on. I always liked the guys who, you know, grinders and defensemen and, you know, sure. not, not the greatest skaters, not the big goal scorers, not the cup winners, uh, you know, not the consma, not uh, the Art Ross trophy winners or the, right. they're just solid guys. Timmy Horton and Alan Stanley played together for years. They were, they were defense partners. I love those two. And Jim Dory was a rock on the Leaf defense, the late 60s and 70s. Anyway, so you're a. Uh, what three? What Maybe three I'd uh, I'd have Motor City Smitty. There. Hey, Brad Smith, good guy. Yeah, who else? Uh, I think I'd also have. Uh, I mean, I definitely would want. To, I think I'd have Doug Gilmore there. Sure, uh, killer. My favorite it's Maple Leaf of all time. He hits from the other side of the ball. He's a lefty. <laughs> and you know who I think would be really fun to right. c converse with? Alexander McGillney. Hey, that's pretty good. Uh, most people chose Johnny Bauer. You, too nice. You want a bit of sandpaper there. <laughs> you do? I think you want nice. If He's a playing. nice guy. I guess. Listen, you're Classy, playing classy gentleman. All right. So, that, so that's our hockey segment right there. Brought to you by Titan Blades. Uh, Titanblades.com. Let's go to basketball now. Kelly Olenek will miss about a week with a knee injury suffered in Canada's exhibition win over Nigeria the other day at the FIBA World Cup. So, you know, Canada's got to do really well here in order to qualify for the Olympics. If they don't, they have one other qualifying opportunity, I think in December. And if not, they're not going to make it to the Olympics. They're not going to be in the Olympic draw in uh, Tokyo in 2020. Uh, Chris Boucher has left the team due to personal reasons. Oh. Coach Nick Nurse has to do some serious juggling if he wants this team to get to the Olympics. Uh, Canada's first game of the tournament is September 1st against Australia. And meanwhile, it was revealed that Kevin Durant stopped talking to his Golden State teammates last year <clears throat> after a spat with Draymond Green. You hear about this? Kevin Durant is a one weird dude, man. He is a strange bird. 
He didn't talk to his teammates. Okay? Now, that, he that's signed, tough to do, right? I would assume yeah. uh, that'd be difficult. Yeah. To do. Uh, now, he signed with Brooklyn in free agency. And, uh, but last year, he was told uh, on numerous occasions by Warriors team officials to, quote, liven up your disposition. Okay? We don't care that you're scoring 35 points. Liven up your disposition. <laughs> so this is one of the reasons why the Raptors beat Golden State is Kevin Durant is a sourpuss. And then, of course, he tore his Achilles right. when he shouldn't have been playing and right. all that stuff, too. We still won it fair and square. We won it fair and square. He's out for the whole season. I heard he made some comments about how the Raptors will never be back in the finals uh, because a, a couple of Raptor fans booed him or whatever. Wah. You know, Big cry, but uh, that Canadian uh, basketball team. How many NBAers are on that team right now? There's only two or three. Yeah, there's only three. a couple left because uh, Tristan Thompson didn't want to play. Nobody Joel, wanted. Joel to play. Anthony wasn't invited. Jamal Murray is now it's sad, right? Because this is an opportunity to have yeah, a Corey. Damn jo- good Corey team. Joseph is one, and Kelly yes. Olynyk. I think those are the two guys. And there's another guy. Dwight uh, Powell's not playing either. No, but there's another guy uh, uh, whose name is eluding me right is now. Is there? Yeah. From the NBA? Yeah. One more guy. Oh, one more guy. Not Chris Boucher. Not Chris just, Boucher, no. Okay, this just goes to show you it's going to be a tough, tough um, run for uh, Canada in basketball. Here's a great story about a kid named Nathan Patterson, who uh, I think he's 21 or 22 years old. During a rain delay at Coors Field in Denver, and he's a fan. He's just a fan. He's at the game. There's a rain delay. He decided to try throwing a few pitches into one of those machines that measures the speed. Like it's got a jugs gun, right? So he hit 96 on the radar gun. 96. He's yeah, there with his this. friends. Yeah. And somebody recorded it and he's like, boom, pops it 96. And you're going, oh, I need the radar gun. It must be one of those that, you know, they're, they're, they're fudging the information. They're, they're adding some like it's miles. Not calibrated. They're adding some miles per hour. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Anyway, he pops it 96 a couple of times and it's a legit radar gun. It's legit. Someone's, someone's recording it. Yeah. Put it up on Twitter. And a guy by the name of Rob Friedman, whose Twitter handle is Pitching Ninja. Now, what this guy does is he posts videos of major league pitchers throwing, right, with the proper technique. And, um, and um, he does it in slow motion so you can see where their arm angle is and all that stuff. Now, he was told of, uh, last year by Major League Baseball to take them down because he used them without permission. But there were so many complaints because actual Major League pitchers and pitching coaches were watching these in order to get tips, you know? Right. Look, if that's the way, you know, if that's the way uh, uh, Marcus Stroman is pitching and he's doing well, so he would post these. Well, what he does now is he posts uh, viral videos of kids like this, of people that you've never heard of before who happen to have been have their pitches recording just for pitchers. And so what's happening is scouts, instead of going and finding these guys, are finding it on Twitter uh, or on Pitching Ninja's uh, uh, Twitter site, and they're contacting the guy, and they sign this guy, Nathan Patterson. The Oakland A's signed this guy to a contract after seeing the video. They worked him out. They signed him to a deal. So if you want to get noticed, do your thing on video. Get it out there. You never know who's watching. It could go viral. And Pitching Ninja has posted several of these videos of, of kids, of nobodies, and they've been signed by major league teams. That's, that's a great, Follow that's a your movie dream. waiting to happen, right? Follow your dream. It's a fantastic story. I think more and more people are going to be discovered because of social media. I think this story is great, and it's not just going to be for baseball. It's not. You're going to see some kid in high school is going to throw the ball 85 yards downfield, and you're going, whoa, has that kid got, has he got a, uh, like already kids have gotten signed um, by universities, you know, like full scholarships. Like there was one kid, like I said, threw a football 85 yards. Somebody saw it and said, you know, yeah. now it right. wasn't to, a, it wasn't to Notre Dame. It was to a junior college or it was to a, a tier, uh, um, an NCAA uh, division two school, but still. 
And the big difference is the guy who threw this 96 mile an hour heater, he's not playing anywhere right now. No, Whereas no, no. a guy in, he's you know, a software in college or high school, I mean, his coach who sees that would probably kick that upstairs somewhere and just say, hey, you guys should check this guy out or whatever. Exactly. But there's no advocate for the guy throwing 96 until that right. video went viral. But think of, think of the, uh, a scout who's, look, go, oh, there's a kid that somebody told me about that someone else told me about whose teacher's principal's uh, uh-huh. lawn maintenance guy said, you know, right. throws hard. Right. Go to go to Joplin, uh, Missouri, right? Like Mickey Mantle. Go find this kid, right? So you got to go there. Back in the day, you got to go there. Oh, yeah. Now, later it was, oh, we've got film of this guy because the kid sends film in or his high school coach sends in film or, or VHS tapes of the guy. Take a look at my guy, a little sizzle reel. Right. And now it comes down to, why should I have to go there? <laughs> I can just go on social media. I can go pitching Ninja, and I got everything I need. So it just, it, rather than you go to it, it comes to you. You know, forget that if you build it, they will come. Oh, and by the way, the Cubs are playing the, uh, who are the Cubs playing? The Cubs are playing somebody in. Um, in a cornfield? In the cornfield, I- the Iowa cornfield in Dyersville, Iowa, which is where Field of Dreams took place. Wow. Yeah, they're having That's- it built there. And next year, the Cubs are playing uh, an actual game uh, in the Field of Dreams. That would be fun to watch. On yeah, the I'm thinking of going. Fly to Chicago, drive 190 miles to Dyersville, Iowa huh. to watch the game in the, I think it's about 8,000 seats they're going to have Jesus there. pain. Yeah. Now, I think that Ray Liotta should be there to throw out the first pitch or whatever. James Earl Jones right, should, he be was, yeah, James should be the Liotta announcer. James Liotta played Kevin uh, Costner. Kevin Costner. Um, what's her, who played the wife? She was great. Um, yeah, she is great. And I can't remember I can her name see her either. now, but anyway. But yeah, that would be great. Uh, I think that would be really cool. Cool. Um, Thursday, August 22nd in Winnipeg, the Oakland Raiders take on the Green Bay Packers at Investors Group Field. As of the other day, less than 9,000 tickets have been purchased for this game. That's 27% capacity. The cheapest ticket that I could find on StubHub, $45 US. Mike, would you go and see an NFL exhibition game? Have you seen uh, an NFL? Nope. No, they I, had them uh, in Toronto for a few years, right? They had yeah, them yeah, at, no, the, I, at the No, no interest, times. actually. No. None, eh? No. And I don't even like, I'm glad that nobody's buying these tickets. I don't, you know, either get a team or not. But this whole idea of like, uh, hey, we're going to, come tease you a little bit and then we're going to go back home and not care about you anymore. Like, I don't like, I don't like, I'm glad that uh, the the bills in those games in Toronto aren't happening anymore. Like either give us a team or get the, get the F out. Now, if, if the NFL came to Toronto and everyone's been saying for years, it's not going to happen. The CFL won't allow it, blah, blah, blah. But if, if we had the facility here, yeah, would you become an NFL fan? Would you become a, a fan oh, of the local it team? Would drastically increase if the, the Buffalo Bills moved me, to Toronto. Uh, yeah, tuning in. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. This yeah. would this city would be red. There's a lot of football fans here. Oh yeah. They don't it would be go, a huge success. They don't go to Argo games, but there's a lot of football fans. A lot of football fans. A lot of NFL fans here. And if the Bills came to Toronto, or, or Toronto ended up getting an NFL team, yeah, uh, that would be fantastic. But of course, that would spell the end of the CFL because CFL has to have a strong franchise in the. I mean, their franchises in the West are perfectly strong. But nobody that I know. I have Are they? Because Vancouver's got issues too. I guess so. I guess you're right. But I'm it, thinking. It, I'm thinking Regina and Winnipeg for the most part are you know, and and Calgary. I guess. I mean, always seem to have big crowds. Yeah, always that's see. actually where. And it in the east, I yeah. mean, lately it's been Hamilton's had good crowds. What else have they got to do in Hamilton? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Montreal, not so I much. I think Montreal, Vancouver, Toronto are the three difficult uh, spots right now. And the three biggest cities in Canada. Exactly my point. So the CFL is like a small town kind of a league, okay? And it's propped up by TSN. And I, I don't know anyone. I haven't spoken to anyone who's going, hey, how about those Argos? Like that oh, one person. terrible. And it used to be, that's all we talked about. Like, <laughs> that's all, what's going on with the Argos? Joe Theismann, Leon McQuay, Rocket Ismael, Mike. 
Pinball Clemens, Matt Dunnigan, Doug Flutie, Doug Flutie, all that stuff. No, it's been it's been many many years. It's too bad. It's unfortunate. Um, but the real football is the National Football League, ladies and gentlemen. And that'll do it for episode number 126 of Hebsey on Sports. Thanks to Toronto Mike, as always, for production and inspiration. And thanks to our great sponsors, Crosswinds Golf and Country Club in Burlington. That's crosswindsgolf.com. And Tiden Performance Blades. That's tidenblades.com, T-Y-D-A-N, blades.com. And thanks to you for listening and watching. Please tell your friends and even your enemies about us. We, uh, we'd love to hear from you. We record Monday and Friday mornings, and we'd love to hear your comments, opinions, suggestions, ideas, and general feedback. Hit me up on social media, at Hebsyman, or you can hit up Toronto Mike. He's at Toronto Mike. Thanks for allowing us into your headspace. Back with another episode shortly. Until then, so long for now. Hey, may I tease? We're still recording. May yeah. I tease your special appearance on the very next episode of Toronto Mike, which records in like 15, 20 minutes. Do it! You're going to be my special guest as we talk to Peter Sherman, who played a key role in your career. If it wasn't for Peter, I would not have had a career in radio and television. So head on over to at Toronto Mike and watch us record that one in about 20 minutes. There you go. Uh, it's a paid uh, broadcast by... Actually, there was no money changed hands right there. Uh, thanks, folks. Uh, we'll talk to you soon.